Good. Where, where's the smart marks at? They're there. They're talk to them. Good. Can I? Yeah. I would love you to. Can I really? You know how I feel. Can I swear? I'm, I'm, absolutely. Ask your friends over here. All right. Fuck you. The New Jersey Kid, Joe Sheehan. That's the difference between you and I. For me, this is about passion, and for you, this is about fame. And nobody will ever remember you. The Rogue of Wrestling, Michael Newman. Yeah, that works in Hollywood, that works in the movies, but this isn't the movies, this is real life. And in real life, I am the real hero. You're listening to the Super Smart Brothers Pro Wrestling Podcast. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Welcome to another exciting edition of the Super Smart Brothers Pro Wrestling Podcast. I'm your New Jersey kid, Joe Shan, alongside my tag team partner, the rogue of wrestling, Mr. Michael Newman. How you doing this week, Newman? Hey, you know what, man? Um, TLC is not generally one of my favorite pay-per-views of the year, but I'm glad that this is at least one of the years where they're not having a stairs match. It's. I was going to say, do you mean tables, ladders, chairs, and stairs? I'm glad that it's not tables, ladders, and chairs, and stairs. It's just three sets of home appliances <laughs> being used for violence. Like l- lions and tigers and bears, oh my. You know what? I would honestly rather have a lions, tigers, and bears pay-per-view. Because this is, this is like you know, another one of the ones that's like way overly convoluted as far as just like, why are we even having this as a pay-per-view? Let's be honest. We are very close to having another kennel in the cell match <laughs> between Roman Reigns and Baron Corbin. Oh my god. There's been so many dog references that we're so close. Yeah, you know what? I mean, wasn't there, wasn't there like a rumor that there was going to be a dog collar match at some point? I mean, everyone thought that, I think, because there were so many dog references in this. Right. Like, oh, you're the big dog, and we're going to dump dog food on you, which was absolutely disgusting. And a waste of dog food. Like, <laughs> can I be honest? Like, there's shelters around this country that could use that's, that. That's like, very true. There are shelters, there are stray dogs, even, that could have eaten that. Yeah. Disgusting behavior. I mean, my dog was almost a stray last week, so. Yeah. <laughs> Tragedy all around. And they're just pouring dog food out like they don't even care <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah I, pfft, I don't even know what the hell to do with the kind of situation in a feud like that like it's just ridiculous uh, yeah. but I guess the the, the um, answer is to have a TLC match because that's what they're doing this Sunday yeah so is it going to be dog food at the top of the ladder or... oh that's a good question it should just be a can of dog food <laughs> It's got to be one of two things. If you're going to have so many dog references in your build-up, right? It's yeah. got to be one of two things. It's got to be the dog food so that Roman gets his revenge and dumps the dog food on Corbin. Or it's got to be dog collar and they get to, like, like pull their opponent around the ring for a little bit after the match, right? Like, after all this build-up, you can't just have them, like, pull down some contract with, like, nothing on it. I got it. Just to I like, got it for you, Joe. They pull down an actual dog. So oh. Roman Reigns is trying to save the dog. And Baron Corbin, if he gets the dog, he's going to put it down. <laughs> like he's going to kill the dog live on TV. <laughs> when you first started going down that road, I was just imagining another uh, Gene Snitsky and he like punts the dog into the crowd. <laughs> yep. Like when he had the fake Yep. Movie. Yep, there you go. This is what we'll do. Yeah, we'll have either a dog adoption or a dog funeral at the end of the pay-per-view. Because, <laughs> see, like, if Roman Reigns wins, then he can give the dog to, like, a lucky kid in the audience. Mm-mm. There you go. Then those parents will be really excited that now they have a new dog they have to take care of because they went to a wrestling show. <laughs> it's like, fuck, I took my kid to this <laughs> wrestling show and now I have a dog. <laughs> Aaron and I always love those commercials of, like, when, like, the parents get, like, the dogs for the kids, because, right, you know those parents are just feeding the dog and taking care of it and stuff like oh, that. Yeah. Or the ones with the, you can tell, like, it's, like, middle-class parents mm-hmm. that are, like, buying each other cars, and you're like, okay, so you're just buying yourselves, like, car payments and right. insurance <laughs> and... Yep. Just setting yourselves up for a whole bunch of shit. 
Yep. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I mean, this whole pay per view is very, very fucking weird. Cause like, okay, there are like no titles being defended. There's like um, the SmackDown tag titles. Actually, I guess it's just all the tag titles, right? It's the SmackDown women and Raw tag titles are being defended, but no singles titles. Yeah, you're totally right. I hadn't thought about like, that. How bizarre is that? That's very bizarre. I mean, it's kind of what we wanted WWE, but like. Not like this. This is not what I want. I want them to build f- Look, we... fucking feuds that matter. Not just throw together <laughs> matches because I guess we have a pay-per-view coming up. So, this is what you get. I meant, my joke was like, they're kind of featuring the tag team oh, division. Oh, okay. Gotcha, and like, gotcha. But this is not how we want it. Well, I mean, that's true. We do want them to feature the tag division. Although, of course, one of the biggest problems with this feature, the tag division, is like, with the women's tag division, um, do you guys seriously have nothing better for Becky Lynch, your longest-running singles women champion, to do other than to fucking compete in the tag division? Yeah, with her most yeah, hated rival exactly. like, than teaming up with her. <laughs> and as if it weren't, you know, uh, immersive-breaking enough, that then, yeah, she has to team up with the person who, theoretically, if anybody on the roster, she should least want to team with, right? Because it's her greatest rival. Yeah. Unless Ronda Rousey were around. I guess that would be the only other person she would be least likely to tag with. True, yes. yes. But, like, Charlotte Flair, the the less likely person for her in that locker room for her to tag with. Yes. Because that was the other person in that triple threat match at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, she was right there. You know what? I mean, where where's Tony Storm been? Why couldn't like Tony Storm be uh, Becky Lynch's tag team partner or something? I don't know. If Tony Storm, like, what the fuck are they doing with like uh, Liv Morgan is getting a makeover or something like that? Um, is she back yet? Like, cause she was gone for a little bit, right? They 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 just highlighted that she's coming back soon with a makeover. Okay, so like I'd like repackaging her, I guess. To an extent. Yeah. I mean, I guess having a Which, blue tongue can only get you so point, far, right? Yeah, but at this point, it's like she actually should keep with that character because I think they wanted to repackage her before because she was very similar to Alexa Bliss mm. when Alexa Bliss was coming out as like the Harley Quinn type thing. Mm-hmm. But now Alexa isn't really doing that anymore, so now you could keep Liv Morgan. So like I don't know, but there's there's so many women on this roster that they they're not doing anything with. So that is very true. That is very true. I mean, what, I mean, another example right here is obviously they're not doing anything with anybody else in the tag division because somehow, well, they're not doing anything in the tag division or in the Raw singles division. That's why they have to have this match. <laughs> yeah. Because they don't have proper challengers for either one of these titles. Which is kind of mind-boggling. Like, they don't, it's not that they're lacking the bodies. Uh, and they're certainly not lacking the television time. They don't have Bailey defending anything. Yeah, it's like Bailey's not even defending her title on this paper. She's not even on it. I guess Bailey just gets to sit at home. But yeah, it's like, you know, I don't know. I find it so weird how much, like, all these divisions, like, just don't have people that are regularly trying to win them. Like, nobody's trying to win these titles. It's always just, like, you have a champion, they put together a storyline where a challenger emerges and then they just move on to the next thing. There's not like, you know, three or four people who are constantly trying to go for that title and then we're trying to see like where they are. And that's actually one of the things I really like. Newman, as you know how the world works, only one person is interested in one thing at a time. Right. Exactly. You know, that's somehow how the world works. But uh, yeah, that's one of the things I like about AEW's system is that... um, you know, I think they are actually, as far as their overall booking patterns, they're trying to pay a little bit more attention to how other people are within the standings and who's going for titles. But even when they're not doing that, even just having a ranking system is really helpful for that kind of a thing. Like to see like who in this division is supposed to matter. Because that's the other thing that's very weird about WWE and their booking patterns, right? Is that like people just kind of become challengers out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Like... I'm trying to remember if, like, have Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair really even, like, tag teamed that much, even recently, to try and, like, 
show that they should be deserving theoretically of a tag team match like a tag team title match no No, they haven't done anything because yeah from what i can recall they haven't it was that the kabuki warriors were double teaming on becky lynch and then charlotte just i guess decided i guess become her tag team partner and then this thing just developed into like well i guess it has to be a title match now instead of like oh well we're going to become a tag team prove that we have tag team credibility and then be like, oh, okay, well, we're pretty credible as a tag team. Maybe we should try to become champions. No, nope, it's just like, for whatever reason, we're fighting the champions, and then it becomes a championship feud. Even though, like, if they were going to go for that, shouldn't, like, Fire and Desire, or, um... Man, I'm trying to even think of some of the other established women's tag team names at this point. Uh, were, like, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross, or um, the Iconics... Like, shouldn't any of them come out and have issue with the fact that just they're stepping to the front of the line? No, because that's how WWE has always worked. But, like, this challenger just appears, and even the people that may have not gotten, like, a fair chance right before them is just like, yeah, okay, go ahead. Yeah. I do not like it. <laughs> and it's, it's led to, like, this is just such a weird pay-per-view card. Um, actually, I'm trying to think a look at this. Like, what do you think is going to main event this show? Do you think? Because I feel like it's down to two matches. It's Ooh. either Reigns and Corbin or Lynch and Flair versus the Kabuki Warriors. Like, or maybe Wyatt and Miz, go, Like, maybe? I, I don't know. I want to go with Reigns and Corbin then. Just out of terms of build. and Because, like, a TLC match has to main event it, right? So that's why... Would either be Kabuki and mm-hmm. uh, versus Lynch and Flair, but I feel like Reigns and Corbin has had in, hate saying this, but it's had the better build up, right? Well, it certainly had the longer build up. I'm not even yeah. sure what the build up of this feud is supposed to be, other than just Corbin's a jackass and Reigns is their top babyface, so neither of them have anything better to do, so therefore they're feuding. Basically. Because, like, you know, at least with some of the other feuds, even though they're really bad, like, I can, there's at least, like, a story that they're trying to tell, and I'm really not sure what this is supposed to be. Like, what do, what do you, th- what is the story they're trying to tell with these guys, in your estimation? That, uh, Reigns is the big dog. He is what the WWE wants, like, the main event to be. Okay, so then, like, basically this feud is then Corbin trying to challenge Reigns for his spot. Yes. And he's trying to challenge the Alpha. Yeah, because, like, he thinks that, like, oh, because I'm the king now, I can challenge the big dog. Okay. I think basically. Fair enough. Okay, so then I guess that's the the overall premise of it. Um, okay, then it just sort of sucks. Like... <laughs> At least it has a point, but it just sucks. Yeah. But, I, I mean, I feel like a lot of that is just because, uh, I mean, to be honest, dude, Corbin really sucks. Like, it really sucks. like, I think there's a lot of people who are much better wrestlers than Roman Reigns, but at least Roman Reigns is actually serviceable. And most of the things that have gone wrong with him, I think, have been from management's perspective. Like, they, I think they screwed him up a bit. But, like... I really don't know what else management can do to, like, help Corbin. I think he just kind of sucks. He does suck. Um, like, he... He verges on that edge of actual heat and go-home heat, right? Yeah. Like, uh, or Xbox heat, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and so, he just needs someone, like... I don't know if he doesn't have, like, this agent backstage that's going, like, no, you're taking this too far kind of a thing. Or just someone to guide him along because he could be he could ride that line mm-hmm. of actual heat. He, he actually probably out of the most heels in WWE is the only one that's come close to that, right? Like, Yeah, like, as far as recently... Because um, I feel like yeah. in the recent couple of years, at least before they, you know, stupidly decided to turn him babyface again, like, I think Miz, Miz is definitely good at getting real heat. Yes. Real heat, yes. Yeah. Like, not turn off, change the channel heat, but, like, actual, like, 
you're a bad guy, I hate you, boo, but I'm going to watch it to make sure you get your ass kicked. Right. Like, actual wrestling key. So, yes, I agree with that. And, like, when they're given so, a good opportunity even, to wrestle and even to show off their characters at times, I think, like, Revival are good actual heels. Like, they're good yes, at actually getting heat. that's very true. But, yeah, like, like what you're saying, with Corbin, it's, like, so much of it is go-away heat. Yeah. Because it's just, it's just, yeah, people just don't want to watch him because he's just not interesting. Yeah, and, and I think it, I think what really hurts him is the fact that he wasn't a wrestling fan. Like, that he's just coming into this uh, mm-hmm. wrestling business kind of cold. And, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I would definitely say it's part of that. I also, I feel like there's something that was like, I think there was something really like stripped from him when they turned him into like weird little corporate baron and he's always been like wearing the suits and things like that and like i get their idea behind always trying to make like you know just like little suck up people who just like clearly nobody can get behind this guy so then therefore they're never going to be mistakenly cheered over being booed but at the same time these types of characters like i'm going to lump this in with kind of like corporate kane like when they were doing that gimmick for a little bit although i will admit Kane did it way better than Corbin ever did as far as being entertaining with this. But, like, I feel like that type of character is so um, so goofy and so far removed from what wrestling is that they end up having, like, no credibility. So then when a heel like that ends up actually getting the upper hand, like, either in promos or in matches against babyfaces, it's so immersion breaking especially at least for me that my reaction is just that like oh well this could never happen in an actual wrestling ring scenario because this guy's not even a wrestler anymore so clearly you're just doing this to piss me off which just makes it then go away heat versus like you know if he in character felt like he was still enough of a wrestler that then you know whatever xyz thing he's doing to get heat then it's still within the universe of wrestling and it doesn't break the immersion enough that i feel like i could still have a regular heat reaction to it of like oh well fuck you for doing this thing but then when it's like oh well like but you're just a fucking loser like i like this would never happen it for me generates go away heat and i think that's part of what it does for other people too is because it's so it's 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 insulting to our intelligence as an audience member frankly yeah, I agree with that. You know, it's like a... Yeah, maybe this isn't the exact perfect metaphor, but it'd be like, you know, like if Vince McMahon, like old guy in a suit, like actually came down and started like really kicking people's asses. It's like, what? You, <laughs> you can't actually beat them up. They're actually wrestlers. Like, <laughs> you're a fucking old man and a suit. And I feel like Corbin, like there was something in his character that changed from him like becoming... Like, he used to be a wrestler, just a shitty wrestler, and then he became a suit. But, like, without still, like... Because then, even when he comes out and wrestles, he still wrestles in the same shit. Like, because Triple H, even though Triple H became a suit, when Triple H wrestles, he still wrestles in his fucking wrestling gear. Yeah, I think that's a huge difference. Like, I think if Baron still actually had fucking wrestling gear and shit, like, this could have been a little bit more salvaged. But he just sucks. And his king outfit sucks. Like, all of it sucks. Everything sucks. Life sucks. Well, when it comes to Baron Corbin, it does. <laughs> there are other things that are better. Like, I mean, I've also been giving a lot of shit to, like, the Rusev and Lashley storyline. But, like, thank God that Rusev actually finally got some measure of revenge on Lashley by, like, putting him through the the first table in the, uh, the contract signing or whatever. But it does not bode well for him. I'm wondering if he's going to be able to put Lashley through a second table if he already did it on TV. You know, it's like that uh, very bad foreboding. Like if somebody touches the title or somebody gets the visual mm-hmm. pin, then you know it's like, oh, shit, well, now it can't happen on the pay-per-view. <laughs> no, they're not going to win. We're fucked. Yeah. Which is what I've been saying for so long with, like, the Rusev storylines that he needs to win. Like, if he doesn't win, he is really fucked. 
Oh, he absolutely has to win. Yeah, but I'm just I'm just worried now that like because he put Lashley through the table on TV, it's like uh oh, that's the TV that's the finish for the match. Now it might not happen on pay per view. <laughs> Because I feel like Vince is so, you know, he always does the like, oh, well, you know, the loser on the go-home show wins on the pay-per-view, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see whether that stays in this pattern or not. Um, ooh, some good news. Before I, I want to talk to you a little bit more about uh, NXT and AEW, but before I did that, I want to show you some good All news right. from across the pond. Was that? Uh... World Tag League has finished up, and we ah, got... that pond. What was that? That pond. I was thinking, oh. when you say across the pond, I think, like, Britain. Yeah, I guess most people do refer to Britain when they say that. Uh, my bad. Across the ocean. And, yeah, in World Tag League, Finn Juice, David Finley, and uh, Juice Robinson won the damn thing. Holy shit, what? Yeah. Were they even one of the front runners? They, uh, yeah, they were a front runner kind of outside pick. So most people assumed that either uh, Evil huh. Sonata would win or uh, God uh, or Finjuice was one of the other big picks. Uh, some other people were also picking definitely Ishii and Yoshihashi. Uh, they they did a fair job too, but yeah, Finjuice they got it. Are now wait are they the first outsiders to win it or? Um, I would have to check if they were the first duo of Outsiders to win it, because I know at least a couple of years ago, Lance Archer teamed up with Minoru Suzuki to win it, so he, they're not the first uh, okay. any Gaijin to win, but I think they might be the first fully Gaijin team. Double yeah. Gaijin, yeah. I would have to double check that, but I think that is right. Double Gaijin! <laughs> double Gaijin! <laughs> but yeah, no, that's I'm really excited, I'm glad to see that, and I think it's actually a really good role for both of them, too. I think they've been gelling with it. It's a nice refresher to the end of that tournament as well. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's been de- evil for, what, how many years now? Uh, yeah, with Evil and Sonata, they won the last two years. Yeah. So this is, they were about to do three years in a row, but uh, they got beat by Finjuice in the last night. So, I'm excited. I'm excited for both aspects of it. I'm, I like that Finjuice is going into the tag division. I think it's both for... Good for those guys and good for the tag division. And I'm glad to see potentially, uh, you know, Sonata and Evil move on to other things. Like, still being a solid tag team, but, like, you know. Because mm-hmm. uh, according to Wrestle Kingdom card, uh, Zack Zach Sabre Jr. is going to be defending his title against uh, Sonata. So, singles match for Sonata. That's good. You know, at Wrestle Kingdom. I, I think this might be his first uh, singles match at Wrestle Kingdom. So... Yeah. That's one big step up on the path. crazy. But um, anyway, speaking of other things that were step ups, um, actually, you know what? I want to talk about something that was a little bit of a weird step down and get your thoughts on it. <laughs> In AEW this week, there was um, a tag team match with um, Kenny Omega, uh, Adam Page, Sean Spears, and Kip Sabian. And mm. they ended up having that spot towards the end where, like, lights go out, and then Joey Janela appears with, like, the kidnapped Tully Blanchard. Uh-huh. And then, you know, like, uh, running off with, like, um, Spears following him, and they fight, so then Kip Sabian's um, abandoned. Um, What did you think of that whole scenario, that whole ending to that match and whatnot? The AEW is just way overusing the lights out thing. Hmm, I would agree. Yep. Uh... I think that's fine once in a blue moon, but, like, every other week, it's just someone's appearing by lights out or something to that extent, Mm -hmm. and it's just getting too much. So that, and just, like, that leading to another distraction, uh, distraction finish is just, like, I've seen that a thousand times. Yeah. Well, the other thing I thought was so weird about it, too, is that, like, Joey Janela's supposed to be the babyface, right? Why is he the one kidnapping a fucking old man? Like, mm-hmm. And especially, like, this is an old man, too. Like, a lot of people have goodwill towards Tully Blanchard. It's not like people hate Tully Blanchard. You know what I mean? Like, I, even though he's, like, he's, he's a heel, but, like, it's not like he's a hated guy. Yeah. Like, 
he's a heel, but people like him. Right, so. like he's respected. And yeah, so I just thought that was very like, I don't know, that didn't come across well to me. And the other thing that I thought was so... Uh, Go ahead. I was going to say, did you see that uh, Joey Janela filed a trademark for the bad boy gimmick because they started calling Rusev the bad boy? Oh, well, good on them. Or good, smart And so he, he tweeted Rusev. He's like, sorry, bro. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's fair. He needs it more. Rusev has Rusev Day, so he'll be fine. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was very weird for them to pull that kind of booking. I don't know. Just I feel like it didn't make a lot of sense. And I feel like the crowd didn't react to it very well either. So hopefully they'll learn their lesson on that one. Uh, but the other thing I found so weird about the scenario is that then this is now the second time uh, within not that long that there have been a match with Kenny Omega and uh, Hagman Page tagging together. And they end up winning because it ends up becoming a two-on-one. Because the last time it happened with Pack and Moxley, where Moxley ended up abandoning him mid-match, then they banged, uh, just ganged up on Pack and then beat him. So then I'm looking at this and I'm like, okay, sure, they have a good tag record together, but like, they should have some big asterisks next to those tag matches because both of them have turned into handicap matches. And so I just, I don't know if this is going to be like, I assume this will probably just be like a weird coincidence, but I think it'd be kind of funny if it ended up being like a weird purposeful gimmick is that somehow they can only ever win tag matches when it becomes two-on-one. Like, they can't actually yeah. win a legitimate tag match. <laughs> Although, uh, interestingly, did you see a little bit of the... Uh, it seems like there's some slight hints at dissent between the two. Yeah. And I think it's bringing a little more intrigue to them. Yeah. And I, I really like that it was small enough that it definitely doesn't seem like you know, this is some inevitable thing that's going to blow up really soon, but just something to kind of stir underneath for a little while. Like, I feel like this is just the uh, the tease for much more storytelling later. Which is how you're supposed to do storytelling. Tease it, and then fulfill it later. Very true, very true. Yeah, I just... I don't know. I, I just I, I'm glad to see that because I get concerned when I see other things with AEW that I feel like they're trying to shotgun some things. Like when Cody was coming out the other week and he was talking about how he feels like he's completely abandoned by like all of his people that know him and stuff like that already. And I'm like, how did we already get to this point? Like, this seems way too fast. And it feels like he's you know, being way overly dramatic. And then it's like, look, I get, I get it. MJF betrayed you. Okay, you don't have him by your side anymore. But like, even though Dusty's kind of preoccupied fighting Sammy Guevara, like you still have Dustin, you still have the Young Bucks, you still have Adam Page, you still have Kenny Omega, you still have Diamond Dallas Page, you still have your wife, even though she's doing weird shit with you know Kong right now. But like, it's not like all. So these... then you have Kong. Yeah, and then you kind of have Kong, I guess, right? Don't you? <laughs> You have your dog, you have Pharaoh, like, you have a lot of people who are still by your side. Uh, kind of. I don't, I don't think they're using Pharaoh again. Yeah, after the, uh, the fireworks scare. Poor buddy. Yeah. But yeah, it's like, he's all of a sudden like, oh, woe is me, I'm alone in the world. And I'm like, no, you're not, bro. Like, you're really not. But then, like, they had to paint that picture, right? So then, uh, after this whole, uh, tag team match and whatnot, when, um, what was it, QT Marshall was the guy that was with him this week? Yeah, the jobber. Yeah. yeah, so then, like, when he ends up, they ended up losing, right? So then Cody ends up being, like, all sad on the sidelines, and then Darby Allen comes to come pick him up. Oh, uh, okay. And I was like, oh, so this is why you were doing the overly dramatic, oh, woe is me, I have no friends, no one to help me and stand by my side. So that then Q Darby Allen could come in. Even though, like, I'm really not sure why Darby Allen is teaming up with you already. Like, weren't his recent actions that, like, he just kind of got his axe kicked by uh, John Moxley? Yes. So then now he's just like, fuck it, I'll go help Cody, I guess. Like. Yeah, he's got nothing else to do. Right? Sure, fuck it. I don't. Shouldn't he just go after Moxley again? Like, I don't know. Was that just a random one-and-done thing? And he's just like, ah, whatever, he kicked my ass. I guess I'm cool with it. 
I don't know. It just seems very strange to me. It, I mean, it, it is kind of, so. You know, it, it maybe it's just one of those things where they're like, you know what, fuck it, we need somebody uh, popular to go with this, and people are liking Darby Allen, so let's just uh, let's just have this happen. But if that is their thinking, then, like, I don't like that, because it just seems very reactionary. And, uh, I don't know. It just rubs me the wrong way, but... But one thing I do think they're doing really right, of course, is uh, MJF. Holy shit. Cutting yes. another great promo. That was an amazing... And, how much do you like this, that he's having people kiss the ring? Yes. Calling back to Cody and ROH days? Kiss the ring. Yep. I'm wondering, though, do you think that uh, the stipulation for giving Cody the match is going to be that he's going to have to kiss the ring? Probably, like, I don't think he's going to put the ring on the line, so I think it would have to be kiss the ring. Mm-hmm. Right, because, like, he had said that he's not going to ma- uh, announce the stipulations yet, but he will, um, what is it, the first show of the next year, I think, in Jacksonville? Uh, yes. So then I'm wondering... Like, the uh, is that the one on the actual first, I think? I think so. I think so, yes. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm wondering if, if what he's going to announce is, uh, you know, Maybe stipulations for the match in of itself, but I'm wondering if he's also going to match or announce like what the stipulation would be for him to accept the match, and then write like maybe if it's you have to come down and kiss the ring. Because <laughs> man, that would be some really good full circle burying it in Cody's face, like making him suffer and be humiliated. Anytime we say kiss the ring, I just think of uh, Dave Chappelle. Yeah, that is this sketch on his uh, show. Kiss the ring, bitch. <laughs> kiss the ring, bitch. Yep. Oh man, let's see what else was what else is good in AEW or NXT this week for the uh, the Wednesday Night Wars. AEW had a great uh, Jericho and Moxley segment where Jericho tried to convince Moxley to join the inner circle. <laughs> do you, so do you think there's any chance in hell that uh, Moxley joins them? No, but I think it was just entertaining mm-hmm. TV. Um, what else did we get from AEW? Uh, let's see, we got the debut of Big Swole. She had a match with yeah. uh, Emi Sakura, which was like, okay. Yeah, just... Anymore with these, uh, the women, like, there's just nothing on them. There's no background. Like, mm. they need more vignettes similar to what they're doing for the Dark Order. Mm. Mm-hmm. Because, like... Even, like, we haven't seen Riho in God knows how long. Yeah, I think I think Brandy called her out this week, so hopefully we'll see Riho soon. Yeah, apparently, like, apparently people figured out she is wrestling over Japan, but still, like, I don't know, show clips of that or something like that. Like, oh, our our women's champion is wrestling all over the world. Like, mm-hmm. Or you could, like, maybe have her cut a promo and then, like, you know, have that send it over yeah. and play that during the show. Like, maybe addressing, yeah. like, when she'll be back. Something like that. Like, I'm not there tonight, but I will be in two weeks, so... Yeah, and like, or, like, maybe I'm, like, I'm watch watching it. the women's division. I'm excited to see, you know, who my next opponent's gonna be. Yeah. Yeah, I'm improving myself over in Japan. Yeah. In preparing myself for my next opponent. Um, totally. That would work. So, yeah, you're totally right. They definitely do need to build this up. And although it seems to me... Like, I'm wondering if Brandy uh, calling out... Riho is meaning that they're gonna do the uh, Kong match soon against Riho. Like maybe that's what they're building up to. Maybe, but I don't know. Uh, we also ended up getting. Let's see. Like you mentioned, as far as the Dark Order, we got another really good promo by them, and I really like the direction they're going as far as like targeting jobbers to kind of like lure them into their stable. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really cool angle to take. Yeah. And one person in particular, I can't wait until they do this storyline, because I feel like this has totally got to come at some point, is, like, I think they're going to try and corrupt Marco's stunt, right? Because he's, like, the weird little loser. He'll join yeah. our group for a little bit, and then maybe at some point break back out with, like, the help of Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus or whatever, and rejoin his friends. But, like, I want to see that. I want to see them steal that kid away, and then poor little Jungle Boy having his heart broken. <laughs> 
I don't know. I, just, I feel like it'd be really good. And I feel like it would be a good chance. If, if, if Marco's stunt ever were to get over, then that would be a good chance for him to try. Would be, you know, having a stint with the Dark Order and then eventually breaking free or something. Yeah, probably. So, like, I don't think there's a lot of good stories for a guy like that, but, like, I think that's a really good story specifically for him. Because, mm-hmm. like, there are a lot of guys that, like, their credibility would be kind of fucked if they ended up, like, uh, giving up their free will and joining the Dark Order, but, like, he's the weird little kind of jobber guy that that doesn't hurt him. Like, that's fine. <laughs> um, but, yeah, let's see. We ended up getting... Um, oh, also, we ended up having the tag team match with uh, Young Bucks and Proud and Powerful, which, um, reportedly, both uh, Nick Jackson and then... Uh, what was it? Santana? I think it was Santana had his back fucked up before that match, too. Like, Nick oh, was, geez. like, puking sick. Like, <laughs> he had the flu or oh, something. Geez. And they still pulled out a decent match, like... You know? Yeah. I don't know how they do it. I did not know that. So yeah. Good on that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like yeah, apparently people were really trying to urge Nick to, like, not even perform, but he was like, you know, I promised I was going to go out there and do it, so we're going to do it. <laughs> but uh, still, I don't think it quite compared to the main event of NXT, though. What did you think of that triple threat with uh, Keith Lee, Finn Balor, and Ciampa? crazy and any three of the any of those three could have won um because they're all three just so over yeah although i definitely did not think it was going to be balor yeah he was low on my list but i think they're trying to just do this to get it out of the way so to speak because i do think it's either keith lee or champa's the Mm long-term answer yeah and i'm leaning to i think it's going to go balor champa keith lee like as in the order that they do Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I could definitely see that. I, I'm actually really surprised too that they're even doing this because uh, Balor versus Cole—that's a heel versus heel match, and like yeah. WWE never does that. But I mean, like I I love it. I'm a, I love any like heel versus heel matches. But uh, I don't know. What do you think about it? Uh, I'm totally okay with it because I think they're good enough wrestlers that they can tell the story in the correct way. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, you know what? I'm assuming Gargano. He's got to come back soon. I, f- I feel like he's probably going to come back and then just, like, cost Balor the match. Like, that's how they're going to play this one. You that or maybe Champa if uh, if Gargano isn't healthy enough at the moment. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it seems to me, like, if unless they had a plan... I don't think I don't think there's any way this ends cleanly. Either the undisputed era gets involved or Gargano gets involved, which is fine. Like I'm not saying they shouldn't do the match, but yeah, I also definitely agree. I feel like Champ or Keith Lee is the long term plan, but like with how well Keith Lee has been getting over, and especially because he's the kind of guy that Vince likes, I think the plan has changed to Keith Lee. I think he's definitely going to be the guy. Because like I think. I think before Champa was definitely in that mix, and they were probably thinking about putting it back on him at some point. But I don't know. I don't think. I think it's Keith Lee is inevitable at this point. What do you think for the NXT title? Uh, I think he's absolute after the success he had at Survivor Series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. It's only a matter of time. I guess. Do you think maybe they would just do like a quick feud between like Keith Lee and Champa to like? hold him over in the meantime or is it just like he just basically just needs to win another contenders match and then that's it uh i think he needs a little bit but i think he's yeah just another number one contenders and he's good to go or you know what maybe they could put like keith lee versus like damian priest or something like have them do like a short feud like kind of like an unofficial yeah, number one contenders feud or something Keith Lee comes out on top, and then Keith Lee goes for the title. So yeah, it's it's actually kind of crazy to think about as far as like the pool of guys that they have for different titles, and I feel like the NXT World Title is like almost consistently one of the best t- 
title pictures in WWE. As far as, because, like, kind of what I was saying earlier, right, about, like, the point that a part of a strength of a title is about, like, the challengers that are going after it. Yeah. And the thing that's so cool about this situation with the NXT title right now is that, like, so we have Cole as the champion, but then you've got, at least outwardly, very definitively, Balor's chasing it, you've got Champa chasing it, you've got Keith Lee chasing it, but then even in the wings, you've got, like, you know, guys like Diamond or Dominic Dijakovic, you've got Velveteen Dream, you've got um, you know Damian Priest, you've got Pete Dunne, you've got Killian Dane. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of fucking people in that roster. That don't need much and will... Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what? I'm actually just thinking about this thing, too, as far as, like, part of why they have such a good, rich roster. And it should be so obvious, but, like, NXT generally doesn't bury people they just don't do it you know and uh i think that's just for the longest time been the greatest weakness of raw and smackdown is that vince and that roster is not afraid to just bury people and like i'm trying to think of like a good example lately of somebody being who was like buried and maybe this isn't the best example, but it's at least, I don't know, like a decent example. With like Mojo Raleigh coming out the other week. Just just for the purpose of just getting his ass kicked by Kevin Owens. Like, that whole segment didn't even need to happen. But they were just like, who's a guy that can just go out there and nobody will give a fuck what happens to them? Mojo Raleigh, come here. We're just going to make you go out and look like an absolute jackass and get yourself just ass-kicked by somebody in, like, 5-10 seconds flat. You have no offense back against them. You're going to look like an absolute geek. Actually, you know what? And multiple times, too. Now I remember the most recent absolute burial that they did. And this is not a question whether this is a burial or not. This is a burial. Shorty G... They fucking buried Chad Gable and renamed that poor sap Shorty G. They buried that motherfucker. And I feel bad. Like, do you think there's any hope for Chad Gable anymore? Uh, they would have to do hardcore rehab. But, uh, along the path right now no do you like do you do you consider wwe capable of such hardcore rehab uh no then he's done like they buried him and he's fucked so there you go it for anybody out there if you're trying to dispute that wwe buries people shorty g case closed yeah um but yeah I'd, all right I think I've said pretty much most of what I want to say before we get into these predictions. Uh, was there anything else you wanted to go over? Nope, not that I can think of. Okay. Then shall we delve into TLC? Let's do it. Okay. You are the champion still, so you get to pick first. Uh, I'm going to go with Roman Reigns uh, wins his TLC match against King Corbin. Hard to argue against that. I do think there's a small chance that this feud continues, but I think it's gone on long enough and needs to end. The only way it ends is with Reigns. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I feel like there's no way that Corbin is going to win this feud. And, um, hey, man, shit, too. Any chance that he would have had of even winning this match just went down dramatically because Bobby Roode ended up failing that, uh, wellness policy <laughs> so now he's only got first wellness policy violation in like three years or something like that that was great like yeah when i saw that that was kind of crazy i couldn't believe it's been that long but um yeah now that he's down to only one henchman because he's only got ziggler <laughs> that's not enough to beat the big dog <laughs> gotta have at least two henchmen so yeah poor poor corbin he's gonna lose actually not poor corbin fuck corbin he sucks I was going to say. 
Um, okay, let's see. What am I? Oh, all right. Uh, I'm going to take Alistair Black over Buddy Murphy. Smart. Because, uh, you know what? That would be absolutely hilarious. And so but... WWE. If they just, like, destroyed Alistair Black by having him get buried Buddy by Murphy. Buddy Murphy. Oh, my God. And then Alistair Black would become but... the new best-kept secret. <laughs> but Buddy Murphy is the one who knocks. So Ah, ha-ha. Very good. You know what? He should fucking play on that. There's some, there's oh there, there's God, enough absolutely. Breaking Bad fans out there. They they just had the movie come out this year. Yeah, with El Camino. Great movie, by the way. Yeah. Or he's definitely a great follow up to Breaking Bad. On its yeah. own, I think people will be kind of like, ah, what the fuck is this? <laughs> I don't know what's going on. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, oh, my God, black and, like, not anything against Buddy Murphy in of himself. He's a, he's a good wrestler and a good talent, but, like, you know, clearly not the guy to beat Aleister Black. No. Uh, okay, so then I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Bray Wyatt over The Miz. Mm, okay. Because even though this is. Not the fiend Bray Wyatt, so they could give it an out for the Miz winning. I just still don't see it. So and, and the fact that this shit is non-title too, like we, we yeah. were talking last week about like man, how much of like uh like how much of a shit are you taking on the Miz basically as a babyface? That's like okay, yeah, like we've had all these other guys like challenge the actual heel, the fiend, but like you're not even good enough to do that. You have to challenge Bray Wyatt. The, you know, tampered down, weakened version of The Fiend. But then, not only that, but you're so much of a fucking loser, Miz, that you get to fight Mr. Rogers' version of Wyatt, and it's not even for the title. <laughs> A.K.A. you suck. So, like, all of the situations that are being set up, like, that if, if for some reason they have it in their brain that they wanted to book a win for Miz over Wyatt... This is the situation you would do, right? Without it being damaging, at least as much as it's okay. It's non-title. Uh, it's also Bray Wyatt, not the Fiend. But even in this, Miz is still gonna lose because he fucking sucks as a babyface. I was gonna say because he's a face. Yeah, because he's a face. Uh, unless, unless this is when uh, John Morrison returns and John Morrison gives him the victory by helping him defeat Bray Wyatt. Which would honestly be kind of fucking pathetic. That it's like this, like John Morrison's return is just so that uh, Miz can beat Mister Rogers Bray Wyatt in a non-title match. That would be stupid. Very unless, unless it was part of a long con, in which John Morrison was then going to try and get Miz a championship match against the Fiend, which he knew he could never win. And then, that's when Morrison gets his revenge on Miz, when Miz is getting killed by the Fiend, in the follow-up match that he would have earned through the bullshit win at TLC. There you go. I, I can see it that way. Uh, okay, so now they know it's not going to happen. Um, I'm going to go for... Oh, okay. This, yeah, obvious. I'm going to pick uh, the Viking Raiders to retain their titles over whatever jabronis they fight at the pay-per-view. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't, I don't even know who the hell this team could be. Because, like, let's see, uh, it's so Raw SmackDown, or Raw Tag Titles, right? Yeah. So who are the other Raw Tag Teams? Uh, the, o the OC <laughs> is on Raw, right? Yes. So it could, it could be them. Uh, or it could be not Heavy Machinery. They're on SmackDown. Not The New Day, not The Revival. They're both on SmackDown. Uh, could it be The Authors of Pain? Actually, uh, you know what? You mean The Architects of Pain? Ah, uh, yes, The Architects of... Is, did they actually rename? Or was that just good? No, uh... The that's just what I'm. That's good. Them. That's a good rename. They should be called the Architects of Pain. With their new leader, <laughs> the weirdest swivel chair in the back of a van. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the 
the lead architect, Seth Rollins. He should just start coming out with, like, blueprints and stuff. <laughs> just really lean yeah, into Yeah, just, like, the really lean into the architect thing. <laughs> like, he's always just got, like, a little pencil and the... You should come out as Ted Mosby from Time <laughs> I'm Seth Mosby now. <laughs> yep, oh my god. And it's all about how he met Becky Lynch. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. The Raw and How I Met Your Mother crossover is getting too deep. promos are just him sitting on the couch like the kids were from <laughs> and he's, he's, just, he's, he's just explaining it to the architects of pain like they're his kids <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is how I met Becky oh my god uh, we're terrible <laughs> oh man uh, okay let's let's see you've got uh, uh, so you said Viking yes Raiders, yes right? yes I took Viking uh, Raiders uh, so you've got Rusev Lashley, New Day Revival, or oh. um, Lynch Flair Kabuki. Yeah, I'm going to go with Rusev. I'm going to go with Lashley. All right. Rusev finally getting his revenge over Lashley. Although, oh my god, did you hear um, Did you hear CM Punk talking about this storyline on um, the WWE backstage show or whatever it is? No, but I heard Lana complain about it or something like that. Dude, she shouldn't complain. What he came up with is fucking genius. Let me relay this to you. So CM Punk said, it was like, all right, let me tell you what I would do if I were booking the storyline. And obviously I'm not because I'm sane. But he says, like, but if I was in charge, this is what I would do. So, yeah, Bobby Lashley is off with Lana for a little while. Eventually, Lashley is going to get sick of her shit. And then he ends up becoming a tag team with Rusev because they're bonding over the fact that they've both put up with her and that she's so ridiculous. Then she ends up hooking up with some other tag team to help like do her bidding and stuff and try and get revenge on both Rusev and Lashley. So this culminates at a tag team match at WrestleMania where then now at this point, the new tag team that Lana is working with are also starting to get fed up with her. And so the stipulation is... That the two tag teams have a fight. Lana is in a shark cage above the ring. And the losing team gets stuck with Lana. (laughs) Because everybody is sick of Lana. And I thought, like, you know what? Given the scenario, that is probably the best thing you could do. Yeah, that's probably like, it. I think that's probably the best. That's like that's. I would actually watch that match. I would want to see that. That sounds fun. Especially because like that's just a fun and unique and stipulation. Like everybody's so sick of this bitch that nobody wants her. <laughs> I don't know. I just I feel like that was the that was good. Um, but okay, Rusev and Lashley, yeah. Yeah, I really hope you're right. Rusev has to win this. Like, can you think of anybody in WWE within the last couple of years who's like needed to win a match more than Rusev right now? Shorty Gable. Yeah. <laughs> Good one. Uh, okay, let's see. I'm going... Uh, okay, I'm going to go for the Kabuki Warriors to retain over Flair and Lynch because... Um, uh, I don't think they want to have to deal with a double champion situation with Becky. Uh, I guess is my reasoning. I don't know. I'm I'm having a hard like. I feel like this should be an obvious pick, but it's so um. I don't know. This match has just been so strangely built to that I don't get what they're trying to do with it. I don't know, what, what are your thoughts on this this match in this scenario? Uh, I don't know how else to make it, so... Yeah, I, I really just don't know. Yeah. Because, like, I guess... Um, 
I, I don't know, I guess, like, does Flair have to take the pin in this match or something? Because the thing that's so, um, I don't know, I guess maybe they could do, like, a disqualification or something. But no, I guess they can't, because right? it's TLC. It's a TLC match stipulation, so the belts theoretically would be hanging from the uh, the ceiling, I think. So then, yeah, I guess you don't have to pin anybody. It's just the Kabuki Warriors just get the belts. Oh, yeah, true. So, okay. So that's how you can get out of... Okay. That, I think that helps it, I guess. It just it just still is so weird, right? That, like, why does Becky not have a challenger? Why do the Kabuki Warriors not have a challenger that's an actual tag team? Like, come on. Come on, It's man. just so lazy. So, like, if at least if at least Lynch and Flair were, a, like, an established tag team, then, okay, fine, whatever. Then, because I'm, I'm totally behind the idea of, like, cross-promoting, like, the uh, divisions enough that, like, a person who is primarily a singles wrestler can be part of a tag team and then become a tag team champion, or somebody who is regularly part of a tag team can also do singles matches and become a singles champion. And maybe if they're a really fucking exceptional talent, they can actually become both, even at the same time. Like, I'm totally down for that. But this just screams of laziness all over, and I don't like it. But uh, but then we come to our last match then of New Day versus Revival. Who are you taking? Nope, fuck it, I'm going Revival. Ooh, okay. You uh, you smell a title change in the air? Probably gonna be my downfall, but <laughs> totally okay with it. You're, you're fine with going down betting on the Revival? Yes. <laughs> Fair enough. A uh, old school wrestling fan to the end. But yeah, uh, that's fair. I feel like New Day could retain. Man, what a weird card. Here, let's let's do one last check now that uh, SmackDown has ended, in case another match has been edit, added onto this card. Because I, I still find it so absurd that there's no singles titles being defended on this pay-per-view. Because, like, they're not even doing, like, a Rey Mysterio and, like, Styles rematch or anything, even though that's been, like, a pretty prominent feud. Um, I mean, it's probably just that they announced more on tonight's show, and we just don't know it yet. Yeah. All right. Well, there's nothing on Wikipedia, at least according to that. Um, and earlier when we were skimming through, it didn't seem like they added anything yet. So I don't know if they will add anything else. But um, from what I can tell, it looks like that's probably just it. So then, do you think like, yeah, I don't, the other thing that seems so, so weird as far as like they're defending so few singles titles is that like they tend to do so few of those match types like on Royal Rumble. That then are they just going to go like two pay per views without like a defended, or do you think they're going to do just like a lot of title matches like on TV before Royal Rumble or something? Yeah, I think they're just going to do... I think Royal Rumble, they usually do some title mm-hmm. matches, though. So I think um, they'll probably have, like, the big titles on the line. Maybe not the tags. Maybe that's why they're doing tags on this mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. That could be. And then we'll just have... Um, yeah, we'll have, like, those tag teams in mm-hmm. the actual Rumble itself. Yeah, that makes sense, because they're going to need a lot of bodies. So, yeah. And I just I just went through and checked. Look, it doesn't look like anything else. So, I don't know. I guess they could always still just announce a match tomorrow or whatever. But I guess this is it. So that'll uh, that'll do it for our predictions. Yep, and we will catch you next week. Uh, yeah, yeah. Or, we'll uh, have to check uh schedules weeks. and things like that now with the holiday coming up. But yeah, either we'll be back next week or the week after that uh, with some predictions for Wrestle Kingdom 14. And uh, yeah, depending on schedules, that may or may yep. not end up being a, a live show. 
that'll be good stuff. So, so thank you yeah, all for listening, everybody, and we will catch you next time. Peace. See you.